Welcome to the Seahawks Post Game Show. I'm Michael Bumpus with Ray Roberts, Paul Moyer, and Brian Walsh as the Seahawks fall to the Baltimore Ravens 37-3. Gino was 13-28, 157 yards, one interception. The Hawks were only able to gain 28 yards on the ground. Jackson Smith and Jigba had six receptions on seven targets for 63 yards. DK had a big reception of 50. Tyler Lockett had three for 32. Defensively, Jordan Brooks led the team with 11 tackles. On third downs is where the Seahawks struggled. One for 12 on third down. The Baltimore Ravens were 6 of 13 when it came from time of possession. Baltimore dominated 40 minutes to the Seahawks, 19 minutes and 56 seconds. We're going to break this thing down. The guys are going to join me here in a little bit. We're going to hear from Pete Carroll as he steps up to the podium, the quarterback. We're going to hear from Jim Mueller in the locker room with other interviews. Not a pretty one, but it happened. All that's coming up next on the Seahawks Radio Network. Seahawks fall to the Baltimore Ravens 37-3. And now we're going to bring the guy who called all the action, Steve Rabel. Raves, how are we feeling right now, man? Well, I'm kind of exhausted. I don't know about you, but uh, I feel like I've been beat up around the head and shoulders. And I'm guessing that's the way every Seahawks player and member of this traveling team and probably most Seahawks fans. This this was just a good old-fashioned butt-whipping, and, and there's no other way to put it. I, I have, uh, in my uh, experience, uh, been a part of a couple of these, and they're not fun um, as a player. And you get over it, though, and the good thing about it is you go in on Monday and you look at it and you, you stare at it and you try to answer the questions and then you put it behind you. And that's what the Seahawks are going to do. You learn from it, but one of the things the Seahawks are going to learn is they just they made too many mistakes today, but they also just got out-muscled on both sides of the football up front. Yeah, I think that's a great way to put it, out-muscled. You felt the, uh, the physicality on the other side of the football. Um, I know you're going to go back and you're going to watch film and, and have – some some more in-depth analysis, but how was the coverage on the back end for the Ravens? Because, you know, all we got to see is the TV version, and Gina was patting the ball a little bit. Were they pretty uh, pretty sticky in coverage? Well, you know, for me, I'm following the ball, so I got my eyes on Gino, and I'm watching him pat that football and then having to scramble out of the pocket. And virtually every time that happened, I'd pull the field glasses away and look downfield. And if I saw a white jersey with a Seahawk, I saw at least one purple jersey with every one of them. And I mean, they were right stride for stride. Rarely did you see a guy that was running open. And if they did, it was because they made a move at the line of scrimmage and found a way to get just jump behind. But this is just great coverage. They have really good defensive backs. Geno Stone doesn't lead the NFL with six interceptions for nothing. I mean, he was all over the place, and he's not even a starter most of the time. So they're a really, really good group. And as every defensive back will tell you, the best part about pass coverage is getting that rush up front. And when you make the quarterback do something with the ball he doesn't want to do, that's what leads to either interceptions or a lot of balls thrown into the sidelines, which is what Geno had to do today. Rabes, you um you speak with the head coach a couple times a week after wins and after losses, so I would assume you have a pretty good idea of, of what the vibe and his message is going to be to his team. Uh, what do you think it is? Well, as I mentioned on the broadcast, I think one of them is going to be don't forget what this feels like. This is a really good football team, but we prepared really hard for this. They were ready coming in. I talked to guys down on the field before the game, and they said the the locker room and the pregame and everything that happened leading up to that point today was as electric as these guys have seen all year long. And it just came in and fell flat. 
give a lot of credit to Baltimore. They are a terrific football team. They do things offensively that nobody else in the league can do because they have Lamar Jackson at quarterback. But also give credit to their defense. They are as big and mean and tough and well-coached and played in well-designed defenses as anybody we've seen. So don't forget how this all felt today, but also learn what did we do well, what didn't we do well, and let's make sure we apply those things to getting ready for our next game against Washington because regardless of what we feel right now, we got a lot of football left to play. All right, Raves, it's going to be a long flight home. You get home safely to your bride, and I'll talk to you soon. All right, bump I shall. Thank you, buddy. All right, that was Steve Rabel. When we return, I'm going to get the guys involved. We're going to break this whole thing down. We're going to hear from players as they step up to the podium. All that is next. The Seahawks lose 37-3. to Welcome back to the Seahawks Post Game Show. I'm Michael Bumpus with the fellas. Paul Moyer, Brian Walters, Big Ray Roberts. We got Curtis Rogers hanging out, too. He drove some scoreboard updates here eventually. And, um, man, this was a tough one. Tough one to watch. The very first series, I think they kind of um, – you saw the foreshadowing. I think, B. Weez, you, you kind of pointed it out. You go, man, that that um, that bobble on third down kind of set the tone for the rest of the game. Yeah. You know, you're, you're, go, you're over, no third down conversions yet, right? First third down of the game, you have a third and four, little out route to JSN, and he bobbles it, can't quite get it. You punt it off, but and then you end up going like one for eight in the first half on third down. So it's just... That whole the momentum of that, and not saying that that's the play that made the game the way it was, but it was just that type of day, and you kind of got that feel after that first drive. Yeah, I w- I would say, man, like <laughs> I was just trying to think of how to describe this, and uh, my boys back home used to say, like, if you got a beat down, you got tore off the bone, uh, and then like I got DJ Fluker said one time here when he when he was housing Aaron Donald, he took him to the water. And uh, and that's what happened to the Seahawks today, man. Like, they ran up against a, a team that I think, in a lot of respects, that's how C- the Seattle Seahawks want to play. They want to play tough physical football. They want to be able to run the ball down your throat. Uh, they want to play tough defense, uh, get the ball back to their offense and in uh, favorable situations and things. And it just didn't happen for whatever reason today. Like, uh, you know, some people would say it was the quarterback or the offensive line or the defensive line didn't show up. Like, whatever it was, it was – they just they seem like a better team today. And like we talked at the pregame, this has become such a week-to-week league. It's really easy to say, like, oh, man, the Seahawks are, have fallen off and they're not who we thought they were. And then in three weeks from now, they can be right back to being a team we thought they were and the Baltimore Ravens could have a slump. So you just never know. So it's uh, to me, it's important for the team, and Pete Carroll, I'm sure, will say it too, is that it's just another loss. And you have to go go regroup, find out what was – you know, what the mistakes were and where you can get better and then, and then move on to the next one. Yeah, I mean, we can look at a lot of statistics and it doesn't really matter. I mean, this was this was a whooping uh, both sides. I mean, we were all – I was shocked. I think, you know, we, none of us saw this completely coming. I, we were worried about Baltimore because they, they were the best team we faced this year, both sides of the ball. And they were a complete team. We haven't really played a complete team. Maybe Detroit, uh, but they, you know they've had they were horrible last week against Baltimore. Also, or two two weeks ago against Baltimore. Here, uh, but if they're if you're going to look at a stat, this is one that just jumps out at me. We had three plays over eight yards. Three. I mean, we had the fifty yarder to DK. 
and you know, like, not not to nitpick, and but we, we, we're not, we don't have much to go on here. Mm-hmm. But even that fifty-yard play was a bit of a example of this game, and that here's DK, who's a big, strong man, and he could have got five, maybe ten more yards. He could have maybe have put a hurting on somebody. He he kind of just skipped out of bounds, and you know, I'm like, hey. Baltimore is not doing that. Lamar Jackson's not doing that. You guys got to match that intensity. Mm-hmm. And at the time, it was 14 nothing, And you go down, score a touchdown, and you at least get the physical part back. And again, I'm, I'm reaching right now. But it's those little things. And yeah. I think that's what Pete is going to really emphasize. So, you know, look, it's disappointing. You put it behind you. You're, you're tied first place in the NFC West with 49ers. You know, after eight games, you'd probably be fine with that. Yeah, they haven't played a team like this. And I think that was a question that uh, we had going into this game. One of them, at least, was can they play any style of football right now? And I think that um, when it comes to a team that's going to be um, deliberate with the runs, that have a quarterback that can hold you accountable, um, they got some adjusting to do. Because I don't think the personnel is horrible. I think that no. uh, sometimes you're not in the right spots, you don't make the plays, and the team gets rolling. When a team like the Ravens get rolling – uh, they're they're hard to slow down. I I really thought that a big turning point was the end of the sec, uh, first half. Um, I, I thought the Seahawks not being able to take advantage of that uh, OBJ fumble and uh, you know at least getting three points on the board going into halftime down fourteen to six um, as opposed to the Ravens ended up getting a field goal. And then you're going down seventeen to three. Ravens getting the ball and then they you know get another field goal. They're up you're up twenty to three before you get the ball back in the second half. And uh, in the NFL, that's tough to come back from, especially the way the Ravens are playing ball. I mean, this team is the complete package. I mean, in, in my eyes, they are the AFC favorite right now, and I would expect to see them in the Super Bowl. Obviously, everything can change here in the next two, three, four weeks. It is the NFL, and you got to stay healthy and all that. But but they are they're rolling. Um, they're they're the team that nobody wants to face right now. And they came out today and they showed the Seahawks. They beat them at their own game. You know the way they they run the ball and play defense, and that's exactly what the Seahawks want to be. You know, Ray, not that one guy matters. He shouldn't matter that much. But today was the first time I went, ah, man, we, we got to get Abe Lucas back. And it, it started early. Not, you know, again, Peterson, he, you know, I, we didn't watch the film, but he had the one holding call. He had the illegal procedure call, and that was early on. Mm-hmm. Um, defensively, man, it was strange because, you know, the first two series, we looked good. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we got them off the field. And actually, even to start it, we had a couple third downs on them on their third drive where they went down and scored a touchdown. So it felt okay. You know, I'm like, okay, offensively, this is going to be a real challenge. We've got to keep them in the game somehow. Mm-hmm. But, boy, man, all of a sudden, middle of the second quarter, you start looking what they did. I mean, they they went 81 yards. Um, they fumbled. So three of their first four drives, we, we got them off field. Then they went 81 yards again, touchdown. They fumble again. And that, that was the turning point you were just talking about there, uh, B. Walt, was – you know, instead of us being down one score, we're down two touchdowns. And against this defense, that was just too much to overcome. Yeah, you know, I, I do think, too, like um, the tackling for – we hadn't seen that many missed tackles. There were so many times where <clears throat> the Baltimore Ravens running back would would uh, cross the line of scrimmage and you thought, like, hey, it's going to be a two- three-yard gain. Then all of a sudden he pops it for eight or nine, you know what I'm saying? Or the one guy just kept you know, breaking these really long runs and just hadn't seen that with you know, with the Seahawks. The, the Jordan Brooks has been tackling like a madman, you know, Bobby Wagner's been doing his thing. Uh, Jamal Adams has been, you know, tackling. Let me hop up in there, Big Ray. We got Pete Carroll at the podium now. 
as unfamiliar as we can get here, uh, coming out here east and playing a game on the road like this and then uh, not being able to play football where we need to. Um, it was a terrific day for them. Um, John had his team ready to go, and they did a great job. Uh, they kind of waited until they, there were some opportunities, and they took advantage of them. Uh, game kind of went back and forth. For- All right, poor connection there from uh, Pete Carroll, but within that uh, 30 seconds, you hear his voice. <laughs> I mean, you ever – you know what it reminds me of? When, uh, man, I get in trouble. My mind used to, man, put that oh, – we got him back. All right, Pete Carroll, save y'all from the story. Well, we have to convert, you know, on third downs, which is everybody. We got rushed today pretty good now. They, they rushed us and mixed their stuff really well. It was hard, like they've been on everybody. Um, but we just have to, you know, find our ways to make first downs. But I think we were one for 12 on third down. It's, it's, you know, you can't, you can't play offense like that and expect anything. You know, it's, it's as hard as it gets. What do you make the way Gino played? Uh, I don't think this is about Gino at all. That's what you, you know, I, I think this is about our football team did not, did not answer the bell here. We did, couldn't get it done. And uh, we came in here to slug it out, and uh, they did a better job than we did. And it was all of us. When they're rushing the passer, that's not, that's not Gino. Um, this is not a one-guy deal here. Where's your concern level at, though, with eight turnovers now in the last four games? Yeah, I'm, I'm concerned about that. Yeah, I'm concerned about it. The one, the fumble, that's a pass rush deal, you know. Um, the interception, you know, they threw it up, and the guy that's been making all the interceptions made another one, you know. Um, but that's not the direction for us to be going in. Um, if, you know, it, it, up until this game, it took us to first place, whatever the heck we've been doing. And uh, we played like a, like, you know, we didn't play like a first place team today. Um, so with those kind of turnovers, you can't, it's really hard to win. What was the, the, run, the running game? I mean, you knew it was going to be, if they have a good one, but just kind of the difficulty was off. Yeah, we couldn't tackle them in the second half. Um, you know, we just didn't tackle them. And, uh, it shouldn't have been any different. You know, the big run that Lamar has early gives him, you know, a good boost in yardage. But then after that, it's just basic plays, and we didn't, we didn't get him on the ground. And uh, that's the part I, that I need to look at the most. That's what I'm most concerned about, the, why that, that happened like that. Coach, you went with mental errors, such as jumping offside on the fourth and one. Yeah, that, that, like that, that stinks. That stinks. That's bad football. DJ Dallas. Hurt his shoulder. Yeah, I don't know how bad, but he hurt his shoulder. You mentioned the interception. Was there? It looked like maybe there was miscommunication on that, or between between Gino and Tyler on that interception. No, he overthrew it, and and I don't I don't know it. I don't, Tyler didn't think he had a chance to get the ball, is all I know. But it wound up, uh, you know, a really nice play uh, by uh, their guy, and and uh, but I wish he would we would have contested it. I don't know that he could or not. We didn't. He, I don't know how far overthrown it was, but I know he couldn't get to it. Can you, uh, after a loss like this, just put it aside because it was that type of Ravens were so good and just turn the page? Yeah, it, it, what, I, what I'm telling our guys is this is about the discipline that it takes to go to the next, the next challenge. Um, we talk always like that. Whether it's a big win or a big loss or whatever the, this circumstance of what happened the week before, it's the discipline that it takes to, 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 to move on. And... Uh, so that's the challenge. It isn't this game's already over with and done. We can't do anything about this one. It's what are we going to do when we come back on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday to get back on track and not let this define us. I would like that this game was maybe a marker that this is where things shifted and we came right back and got back on track and, and uh, we see us come back to who we are. Um, 
and so we'll see. This is a big, this is a big deal. So I got to do a good job of them, and, and hopefully, uh, with the leadership that we have, I know that we will get the right message out there, and then we got we got to act on it. And uh, it's a very big challenge, and uh, so we'll see if we can pull it off. Yeah, huge play. Yeah, huge play, and he just continues. He continues to do stuff in every game. He's really a good football player, and he's it shows. Um, it's hard to do what he just did in the last six weeks, you know, and, and uh, he's just getting warmed up. I mean, he's just so young and so fresh, you know, he's just getting started. So it's exciting to, to know that. Um, I wish we could have had, you know, some more contributions like that. Derek Hall, is he okay? Um, same shoulder that he had hurt uh, that, that's been bothering him. Uh, he hit it pretty good. They didn't think it was, um, it was kind of like a re-injury, you know. You're, you're writing game. It looked like earlier you were trying to get that going yeah, we wanted to. We wanted to, and, and uh, you know, you guys know know this line of thinking. If you don't convert, you don't get the chances, and you're off the field. And so, uh, no matter how much you want to do something, it doesn't matter when you when you get to go sit down. You can't you, know, you can't call your plays sitting on a bench. So we got to get to get off uh, some some winning third down uh, plays, and, and we got to do better than that. They were great at it today. On their side, we weren't. Anything else? Thanks. All right, that was Pete Carroll. Saying, look, it's all about the next challenge. I mean, honestly, what do people expect him to say? <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, to get up there and, and tell you all the things that went right and went wrong. I think that um, he's obviously going to watch the film and get more detailed in the in the corrections. But right now, I think um, his approach probably should be to get his guys to feel the moment and say, we still got to play. We still got to show up on a Monday. Yeah, look, I'm reading some of the ex comments out there. Look, the NFL is not about style points. Don't matter if you lose by one or 38 and whatever the score we got. What did we get? We lost by 34 today. It doesn't matter. You know, in the NFL, you bounce back. It's it, it's never as good or as bad, and, and that's probably going to be the case when I see the film. And I, I doesn't mean um, I'm saying, oh, five plays could have changed the outcome. That, that's not what I'm saying. Because the one thing that was was disappointing is we got our butts physically kicked. Mm-hmm. Not out, you know. If, if it's more big plays, you go, oh, we can correct those. Um, we've been shown to have been tough this year, so that's it was more of a shock to to the system than anything. And sometimes you go through it. I don't like these kind of beatdowns because it usually means there's something. There's something wrong, and you got to go find what that is and correct it. But um, again, it's just a game. By Wednesday, we'll all be okay, and by Friday, we'll be fired up to play uh, Washington and go to six and three. Yeah, you know the thing I like that he said is that um, you know it wasn't a one a one player loss. It was a it was a team loss, like they it, which all of them are. But you know, there's going to be a certain segment of fans and things that are going to be wanting to point to one one person, whether it's uh, you know the the line a linebacker or the quarterback or the receiver or whoever it is. But like Paul said, across the board, man, it was a, <clears throat> it was a pretty decent beatdown, and uh, and so that there, I'm sure there's going to be things that show up on the film that they will say like, man, that's not how we normally do it. That's not how we've shown up you know, uh, up until this point and those things can be correctable. And then there'll be things where you go like, Hey, maybe we need to do some things differently. But, um, but like Paul said, it, it is as bad as it looked and as bad as it feels, it is just, you know, one loss and there'll be more games to come to prove yourself, to set your expectations, to, to still accomplish your goals and these things, not to say that, Hey, you should take this lightly because this is an eye opener. And if you don't take it that way, then it can come back to bite you, but um, don't overreact. 
I think I think Pete nailed it uh, nailed on the head when he's you know when he talks about the third downs when you're when you're one for twelve on third down I mean you can't get anything going you can't you know you don't get your opportunities you know you don't get that reset of first down now you're going to run Kenneth Walker one or two more times let me get in there yep. B we got Gino at the podium now. Uh, you know, just as we do after a win, get back to tell the truth Monday, be honest about it, you know, figure out the things that we need to do better, and then, you know, correct it. Um, it's really nothing different than that. Uh, maybe the pass rush would be good, or was it maybe even tougher to, to deal with today than we anticipated it would be? Or? Um, no, you know, I think they did a really good job. You know, I think we made it uh, easy on them with, you know, the mistakes that we made, and uh, obviously they capitalized on those. So, um you know, we know every game's going to be tough, man. This is the NFL. There's great players all across the league. Um, it's a tough game. It's a real tough game. And you got to go out there and you got to play disciplined football in order to win. And today we didn't do it. What's the feeling like in the locker room today after that one? It's tough. You know, it sucks. Uh, you know, we, we were looking forward to this matchup. And uh, I just feel like we didn't play our best football today. Obviously, we made a ton of mistakes and a lot of things that we need to correct. But, you know, I'll, as I always say, um, I put those things right at, you know, my own feet. And I look at myself in the mirror and say, what could I do better to help this team and to help my guys? And so that's exactly what I'm going to do again. You know, I'm never going to shy away from it, and I'm going to keep on working. When you talk about mistakes, do you, are you referring to some of the, uh, the uh, line blocking or, uh, you know, patterns running? What, what do you mean somewhat specific? Turnovers, uh, penalties, those things. What, what happened on the interception to, to pass the pass with Tyler? Uh, it was on me, that pass. Uh, I think we were like one for 11, one for 12, something like that. Yeah, just not good enough. Terrible. And uh, that's not going to get us any wins, you know, so we got to correct that. Last week, uh, you guys established a pretty good run game and couldn't get it done today. Uh, was that part of the, the trouble of getting some points on the board? Uh, you know, I think you always have to have a balanced attack, especially going up against a great defense. And, uh, you know, today we didn't do a great job at that. But like I said, um, that, that's on me. I got to figure out ways to be better and to help out. Yeah, um, you know, when the defense gives you those opportunities and, uh, you know, you kind of have a chance to kind of steal some momentum right there, you got to capitalize. We didn't. Uh, we turned the ball right back over, gave them points. And so, uh, again, that's one of the mistakes that I'm talking about, that we got to be better uh, in those situations. Not good enough. Anything else? Thank you, sir. Thank you, guys. Our quarterback review is brought to you by T-Mobile, exclusive wireless partner of the Seattle Seahawks. Gene always says the right things. It's on him, and uh, he takes blame for it. But at some point, you, you want to see some improvement in some areas. And uh, I think, um, obviously, they, they want to see those improvements too. But uh, the closer or the longer you get into the season, man, the, uh, the more that window starts to close. So hoping to see some improvement next week against the Commanders. Yeah, look, we haven't scored over 24 points since week three. And, you know, the defense had played so well the four weeks previous. It, you know, kept us in games when we won. That you were kind of going, ah, we're okay. But there, 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 something's got to change as well. I don't know what it is. We, we, You and I were talking, actually all of us, that we need to see, you know, the all 22, that we can see what's going on with the routes. Are we getting open? 
it just doesn't feel like we're getting open right now. And I, again, I don't know that scheme or players, but there's got to be the offense side has got to really start to step up. Um, and that doesn't mean defense played well today. That's why this is such a butt kicking mm-hmm. because statistically, there is nothing in this game. Nothing. You know, defensively poor. Remember, the first two drives, um, and I'll leave it at this first two drives, we made them punt. The next 10 drives, they didn't punt. Mm. Mm. All right. Well, more to do when we get back. Say 12, secure your single single game tickets for the Seahawks' next home game. Don't miss the annual salute to service game as the Seahawks take on the Washington Commanders Sunday, November 12th. Get your tickets now for another action-packed game at Lumen Field by visiting Seahawks.com slash tickets today. When we return, we'll hear from Jan Reed. That is next on the Seahawks Radio Network. Thank you, Curtis, for that scoreboard update. Now Jan Reed is at the podium. Um, you know, I think they just executed their plays better than we did. Uh, we knew they would come in. We knew Lamar was a explosive player. We knew their team was explosive. And, uh, you know, I think they just out-executed us today. Excuse me. <clears throat> you guys didn't something that was around long ago. Just wondering how frustrating that actually was coming out. Oh, yeah, that's very frustrating. That's not like us. Uh, that's not nothing we put on film all season. Um, but, you know, it's the NFL. Uh, We're going to take that to the chin and get right back money, get right back to the drawing board. Uh, yeah, we had a couple missed tackles. Uh, I had like one myself, and um, you know, I think just stuff that we just beat ourselves. You know, fitting in the gaps the right way, staying on the back side of plays, staying on the front side of plays, things that you know we can't do to beat ourselves. We got to hone in on that. Uh, we're gonna look at the film. We're gonna be very critical of ourselves, and you know, we're gonna sit on this one for 24 hours and move on to the next one. They're obviously. No, we were we we a good team with a good record. Uh, they're a good team with a good record. And it was mano y mano, and you know they just came out to play. They came out executed more than we did today. And um, as you see, uh, they put up thirty points. I think that's probably the highest that we've had scored on us all season. What did you see coming in from uh, Keaton Mitchell? Had you seen anything from him? Did you expect anything to see from him? Um, no, actually I didn't. There's no disrespect to him. He came in. He did very great today. He ran the ball very hard. Uh, we were honing in on 43 and 35, I think it is. You know, 35, 34 came in with some explosive runs. You know, we just got to go back to the drawing board and hone in. There's nothing we haven't seen before. You know, we just got to play our game, stay in our gaps, get our blocks, and make tackles. Right, anything else? That was Jan Reed saying, look, we just have to do our job. The uh, Baltimore Ravens rushed for 298 yards. Would have had 300, but they uh, took the gentleman's knee at the end of the game and let the clock run out. Oh, what was it in the Baltimore's run scheme, Big Ray, that allowed them to have this explosive day? Or do you think it was more of what the Seahawks were not doing? Well, from what I saw in the film, it looks like they did a very good job, like in their double teams. Like they had pretty solid double. Last year, part of the problem with the running defense was that um, the defensive tackles were put been placed in the laps of the linebackers. So it's really hard to get downhill to make tackles, or you have to fight over a pile of dudes to get into a position to make a tackle. And there was a little bit of that going on today. I can't say 
that's that was all of it. But there were some times when they show replays, you'd see these really solid double teams getting the the the, the running back to the second level where it looked like we had to tackle, but actually the the guard or the center was rubbing off to the to the uh, linebacker, and then the and then the runner would you know pick up another four or five yards. And so I I, th- I think in that aspect, the execution of that was great. But then just like Jaron Reed said too, that just the physicality of it, they they came with a more I don't know if it was more uh, physical mindset, but they they executed their physicality better than the, than the Seahawks did. They put some drives together. You got a twelve play drive. Um, you got actually that was the only double oh, thirteen play drive. You got an eight play drive. It seemed like those drives were longer because of the physicality that the Baltimore Ravens were playing with. Um, how do we fix it? How be wild? How do we get? the defense back to what we're used to seeing or was it just clearly a bad day and the matchups just weren't there for them today yeah I mean you gotta kind of go both ways there but something I noticed that we hadn't seen in this team uh yet so far this season was uh a lot of missed tackles a lot of arm tackles guys just out of position um where where it looked like they could have been there but the Ravens you know they ran through a lot of these tackles and guys kind of kind of leading and doing some shoulder tackling and not much wrapping up. And I think that's a big thing. You know, when when you could tackle a guy for a four or five yard game versus a, you know, 14, 15 yard gain. I mean, that's a big game changer. You know, you got to make them uh, strain together a bunch of successful plays on you when you can, you know, hold them to a four yard run or so. So uh, something the defense just it's just a fundamental thing, you know, the, the tackling and, and, you know, the Ravens came out, they played tough and they, they broke some of these arm tackles. Um and and that's kudos to them, but those are the little things that, like what Ray was saying, just um, you know making sure they're, they're staying in their gaps and not giving them anywhere to run, so you don't have to worry about uh, you know just the arm tackles and stuff. Yeah, I also too think that like I know it sounds like coach talk and it sounds like player after the game talk, but the fans and some other folks won't keep it in perspective because that's what fans do, but the 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 coach and the team have to keep it in perspective. Because if you if you if you don't keep it in perspective, then you end up making changes that you don't need to make, or you or you or you start stretching where you don't need to stretch, and then you really do get out of whack. So you need to like keep the main thing the main thing. Like you you know how you've played coming up to this point. You can kind of pinpoint where you may have gone, where it got sideways in this game, and then you make corrections to get back on track to to, to where you're playing. You don't go make these wholesale changes. All of a sudden, we need a new defense. We need a new defensive front, and we need a a new offense and a new quarterback and a new this and a new that uh, because then then you really are shot dead in the water. So like keeping it in perspective, even though even though it's not like the sound bites that that, that everyone wants to hear, um, but that's what you that's what has to be done in order to get it back. Yeah, I I don't I don't have all the statistics on third down in front of me. What I mean by that is we came up third and ten plus at least four times. And it's over without pass rush. Six times at one point. It, was it six times? At one point it was six okay, times. Okay, so there that's one. Number two is they were third and two, third and three, third and one, and then they went for it on fourth down a couple times. Um, they had four drives of you know, you know, ten plus plays or more. We didn't have any. I think our longest drive was seven or eight plays. They had one drive. They had eight first downs. They had another drive, six first downs. That makes it feel like a whole game in itself, mm-hmm. and just. They had two drives where they had more first downs than we did the whole game. Um, matter of fact, I don't even know. It's got to be the top ten least amount of first downs in 
certainly in Pete Carroll's era, right. with six first downs. You guys, I mean, that's well, they they ran a total of seventy five plays. We ran forty seven, so yeah, that speaks to like. And so, there's, so there's so many things that we can go. Oh, that's pro. That's pro. I'm like, it's just. It's a cluster, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just I, you don't throw this one away. It's a teaching moment. To me, it's about being physical and all that stuff. But, you know, there's still so many little plays here and there that changes the game. And that was a really good football team on the road, and we just didn't answer the bell. All right. We're still, at, we're still here. We're still breaking it down. Big Ray, Paul Moyer, Brian Walters. Gonna keep you at this thing, all right? And in partnership with USAA, the NFL Salute to Service Initiative is a year-round commitment to honor, empower, and connect our nation's service members. Show your support this season by shopping Seahawks Salute to Service gear, including caps, hoodies, and tees. Shop now at the Seahawks Pro Shop at The Landing in Renton and Lumenfield or online at Seahawks.com slash Pro Shop. When we return, we'll hear more players as they step up to the podium. That's next on the Seahawks Radio Network. You're listening to the Seahawks Post Game Show. Michael Bumbles with Ray Roberts, Brian Walters, and Paul Moyer. We spent a lot of time on this defense trying to figure out how they're going to stop this run. What exactly went down? Was the scheme? Was the personnel? Let's flip over to the offensive side and and take it from that angle. Uh, B, I'm going to start with you. You know, we're receivers. And, again, we haven't seen the all 22, but we did see Geno holding on to the football. And... The clips that we did see of the full field, it didn't seem like there was a lot of space out there. I look at our receivers and I go, these guys are too good just to be locked up. Um, what are some of the possibilities you think that was going on on the back end? Yeah, and like you said, it is impossible to tell until we, we see the overall 22 um, footage. So it's hard to place blame on on uh, one spot. But um, we all know Gino. We know Gino likes to get the ball out quick. He he is a he drops back and he's making his reads and he's firing that thing. And we've seen that for the last uh, year and a half now. And and he he's good. He's a good good at doing that and reading defenses. And when you see him sitting back there patting the ball over and over again, just not seeing things develop, it it, it my blame uh, becomes goes to the receivers. And and, and I I want to see or or even the concepts, even the routes. You know, did, did the did the Ravens just kind of know what they were doing? Did they have them schemed up and and um you know they just got them. Sometimes that happens, but uh we have to see what the receivers are doing. What are these? Uh, what are their routes looking like? Um because it's just it's just not Gino. You know that's not Gino esque to me. He he wants to get the ball out quick and he wants to scramble and and he wants to do all that. So I, I my opinion from seeing it just you know the view we had would be I, I put it a lot on the receivers. You know finding the open um, spots. You know whether they're not finding the open uh, you know reads in the zone or not executing their routes, you know, whether there's a rub route or anything, maybe they're not, they're not precise on that to get themselves open. Um, but again, it'll be the wide view that will really show that because on the TV copy, it's hard to see it. I like it. Let's go to the podium. Jamal is live. Man, honestly, uh, I can't, I don't have the perfect answer, obviously, but, you know, hats off to them. Uh, great organization, well coached, and they came out and they hit us in the mouth. Simple as, simple as that. What's the key for you guys and all that Yeah, I mean, it's 24 hours. Obviously, it's going to sting a little bit. Um, you know, just not showing up and not executing on both sides of the ball, whatever it is. Um, we just didn't get the job done today. Um, I mean that's again that's a damn good good football team. Um, a lot of a lot of players that can you know 
uh, run the rock, run the rock hard, um, elusive, whatever the case may be. But that's not the excuse. Um, we obviously miss tackles. I miss tackles on my end. Uh, but, you know, we'll clean them up. Yeah. All that stuff when you have to worry about what he's capable of doing. Right. Yeah, it's so key. It's so important. Um, everybody has to do their job. Um, you know, obviously staying in our gap, whether he's coming to you, if you peak, and then he hits the, uh, you know, other gap, you know, it, it's so many gymnastics. Uh, that's what makes him special. Um, you know, he, he, he causes defenses uh, to, to be disciplined at all times uh, because he's that special with the ball. I mean, again, man, uh, each week you get tested. It doesn't matter who you play. Um, you got to show up because uh, if you don't, things like that happen. You get hit in the mouth. So, um, again, a well-coached uh, organization. They've been doing this for a, a long time. Uh, and, you know, obviously they, it was their day today. Well, were you guys singing at halftime? It was kind of a switch right before. Were you hoping you get the turnover and maybe score and then that doesn't work out? Yeah. And end up scoring. Do you feel like that was a big turn, turn of events at all? Uh, going into the half? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I, I believe it was. Um, we just didn't capitalize. Um, and then, you know, when we came out, we let a big run pop. You know what I mean? Uh, not doing our job, not doing our assignment, not making the tackles. Um, so, you know, again, I can only speak for the defense. Um, but, you know, uh, coming out of the half, we didn't, we didn't start the way we wanted it to, you know. I mean, he's been, he's been balling. Um, you know, just consistently doing what he does best. He's getting better. Um, obviously, it's year two for him, um, so the sky's the limit for my faith. Uh, well, we woke up this morning, and that's a blessing. Um, you know, hey, a lot of guys finished uh, the game without, you know, getting injured. Prayers to the guys that did get injured, uh, because we take that for, uh, like, granted, you know what I mean? Just walking off the field. Um, obviously, the, the situation was not where we wanted it to be. Uh, but, you know, just grateful to walk off the field, no injuries, God is good. I played all right. You know what I mean? Um, I'm not, you know, obviously they, they've been trying me uh, in coverage, obviously. Um, you know, it's been silent. But uh, obviously, you know, I'm just trying to, you know, make as many impact plays as I can, do my job, um, and whatever the coaches ask me to do, I'm going to do. Uh, I don't know, man. Uh, it hasn't worked. Yeah, killer. Uh, obviously, just playing backside as the quarter flat. Um, we were playing, you know, obviously sticks, um, sitting at the sticks and, and waiting on them. Uh, obviously, playing for like the amigo sit down. Um, that was really what they were showing um, at a three by one, and obviously threw it to the tight end. He made a hell of a run. Obviously, he cut back on me. I missed the tackle, um, and obviously got the first down. So. Or did he? I can't remember. He didn't get the first down. He was short. But still, he should have never got there. I should have made the tackle. Um, I didn't. Um, so, you know, I take that on me for sure. Appreciate it. All right, that was Jamal Adams. Let's pause 10 seconds to give our network stations a chance to identify themselves here on the Seattle Seahawks Radio Network. Seahawks football all season long on KIRO Seattle. KIRO FM HD2 Tacoma, Seattle. 
Jamal taking a lot of blame for uh, for his role. And I think uh, that's what leaders got to do. You got to do it. And they're going to watch film. And there's no hiding from the film. That's the thing, man. These guys are going to show up on Monday. And the eye in the sky never lies. Tell the truth Monday is going to be the realest Monday they've had in a long time, right? Yeah, you know, I think so. But the, like I said before, they seem to all be keeping it in perspective. And, and the honesty uh, piece of it on Monday will – you know, uh, will show even more. But, you know, it's it's really hard. Like Jamal said, there is no perfect answer to what happened today. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff that just did happen the way they way they intended it to happen or the way they planned for it to happen. It sounded like listening to Jen, like, before the game or listening to, to uh, Steve Rabel before the game, everyone felt good about their preparation. They felt good about their energy going into the game. And it just kind of, I don't know if it fell flat or what have you, but uh, it just seemed as if the Baltimore Ravens just got on a roll that just, uh, you know, just couldn't get stopped. They, they Everything they did was pr- pretty close to right. And uh, and the Seahawks just couldn't make the plays when they needed to make the plays again. Like they can't convert on the third down. Uh, you know they ran twenty eight more plays than you ran. They outgained you by almost four hundred yards. Was one fifty one to five hundred and something. So it was just. Uh, and and then when you dominate a game running the ball, <clears throat> most of the times it's a really physical kind of domination. And uh, and you really felt that today with the with the uh, Baltimore Ravens. When I when I look at this, you know, kind of looking at the drives and going through it, when you're one in twelve, one for twelve on third down, you really got to look at what you're doing on second down. Um, and when when you go back and look at this, you're you're digging yourselves into these holes on second down. How many negative plays you have? You see a lot of these second second and six yards, which is great. You, you know, you get three yards, you're going third and three, but but then you have a false start, then you have a big sack, and it's knocking you back to third and fourteen or third and eleven. And 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 like we all talked about, no coach has a play for third and long. I mean, it's it's uh, it's a tough call to make, especially in the NFL when the defense can just drop back and know you're you know, and they'll tackle you in front of the sticks. So. To me, that's where the Seahawks need to really dive in and say, what are we doing here on on second down to give ourselves a chance to be successful on third down? Because um, I, I thought their you know they their one conversion was on a third and three, and it was a little seven yard pass to Tyler Lockett. Uh, the first series of the game, it should have been a conversion. It was third and short, right? And JSN can make that catch all day, every day. So some of these third and shorts, uh, you know, their game plan is is good. You know, they're 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 giving themselves opportunities to do this. But when you're backing yourself up on third down, you're never going to be successful, and you're just going to put that defense on the field again, tired, and you're going to see a lot of the things we saw today, like missed tackles and all that. All right. Want to see Blue Thunder and the Seahawks dancers perform up close? Are you looking to watch all the early NFL games and see our pregame show live or play in the new gaming zone? Then Ticketmaster Tailgate in the Lumenfield Event Center should be a part of your game day routine. Open three hours before kickoff, so bring the whole family and experience the excitement. More to do when we get back. Seahawks lose 37-3. Seahawks lose to the Baltimore Ravens 37-3. I'm Michael Bumpus with Ray Roberts, Brian Walters, and Paul Moyer. Now, we were anticipating... The debut of the newest Seahawk, Leonard Williams. Now, you look at the score, you're going to say, what did Leonard do? Now, it's a team sport. I'm sure he did a little something, something. And, uh, B, you said you were looking at that defensive line tougher today than you normally do. What'd you see? Still no defensive line expert, but for starters, I'll tell you what, he's a big man. 
he, he's out there and he's he's the biggest D lineman we got by far. And it almost makes you realize, you know, I go back to like the 2013 defensive line we had and you had guys like Red Bryant and Brandon Meebane and um, Tony McDaniel. Those guys were all 6'5", 320, you know. I mean, they were huge, huge dudes. And that's a guy that he, he reminds me of. He reminds me of one of those big guys in the middle. And watching him today, I mean, uh, he can move. He, he's fast too. And he uh, he's a presence in the middle. I think... It's not a very good uh, game for a debut here, getting rushed for 298 yards. But you know that's not on him. Obviously, that's a whole whole scheme of things. Um, but I'm excited to see where he goes with this and and, and how he gets this defense better. Um, but he's going to be a huge impact to this defense. Yeah, he, he was he was disruptive. I mean, there was times mm-hmm. that he definitely flashed in the backfield. It, obviously, the running game not on him at all. This is. The running game, what killed us is just the amount of big plays, and that goes back to a couple of years past. We, we had some missed tackles. That's on the secondary. Let me you, hop in you, there, Moyer. We got Lockett at the podium now. Uh, let me give Lockett a chance. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know. I just think you got to go watch film and figure out what happened. But, I mean, I'm sure it was frustrating for everybody. It's just got to see what happened and see what needs to be done to fix it. What was the, what was the mood in there afterwards? Quiet. Like, not people not really talking. People just trying to figure out what happened. I mean, wasn't a good showing at all for us. And I think it's just one of those things where it was just unexpected. What was Pete's message to you guys? Uh, I mean, he just talked to us about... Um, us just going back to the drawing board, doing what needs to be done to be able to prepare ourselves for the next week. Um, and just being able to, you know, focus in more, kind of let this game go and just move on. What was your view what happened on the interception? Uh, I just think it was miscommunication on both of our parts. You know, my part uh, could have did better, but it was miscommunication. Were you thinking the pass was going to be shorter? No, it's just miscommunication on the play. You said what? I mean, at least it's a regular season. It's not the playoffs. So you, you got another game that you get to play. So, I mean, you just learn from it, fix it, move on. You know, it's not like this was the last game we was ever going to play. How did you... Kind of Gino, I guess his demeanor to the game, and as it went, how did you kind of see that? Oh, I don't know. I mean, at this, at that point, I mean, I think all of us was trying to figure out what we could do to be able to get us back in the game, um, to get us going back with getting first downs and stuff like that. I just think everybody was just frustrated and, you know, trying to figure out like what is it that we needed to do to fix it. Yeah, I mean, you know, you you want a touchdown, but I mean, the way the game was going, three points was good, and then we got another turnover, and we just got to be able to do better at um, positioning ourselves to either take another field goal, <clears throat> in which I think at that point it would have been fourteen to six instead of it being seventeen to three. Do you feel odd? No, I don't. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, that's your answer. I mean, it feels weird to us. Uh, 
Tyler Lock, get a little spicy up there. I don't, I don't know what the question was. That's why that's what I don't like about uh, one of the things I don't like about those interviews post game when we're on the road because we don't get to hear the question. We just hear kind of the response right there. But at one point, Lockett said, "Hey, the way the game was going, three points was good. <laughs> we take that. You just got to get on the board. Uh, you don't you don't want to get a skunk. So you you can tell there's a moment in the game where you you feel that it's almost over. Like if we don't score on this drive, if you don't get this first down, chances are." You're not gonna win this ball game, and I think that's kind of what I got from from Lockett in that in that moment. Yeah, I remember it was seven um, zero, and I looked at the scoreboard and was surprised that it was seven to zero because it felt like it was already seventeen to nothing, and then it was seven three, and then whatever happened right before halftime where we could have gotten points, but they ended up getting points. That's kind of when it felt like, man, this is gonna be this is gonna be a tough one to toe right here because. Uh, just the way the things were going, the way the, the Ravens were dominating the ball with all the third-down convergence, the lack of opportunities that the Seahawks were having, and the struggle they were having with the opportunities they had, man, it just felt like, I mean, you never want to say the game is over, but it just felt like from that point on it was going to be, it was going to take some turnovers, a, a turnover for a touchdown, you know, like some big plays to happen, and it just didn't seem like that was in the makings for the Seahawks today. Yeah, going into halftime, 14-6 to 6 would have been stealing. I mean, that would have been – we would have sat there and said, all right, we're in great shape here. Mm-hmm. Now we're one play away, one play away from tying this up or you know, being down one point and then, and then to have that little swing at the end of the, the second quarter going into halftime, I mean, that just took all the, all the wind out of the sails in my opinion. On the positive note, Boya Mafe tied Michael Sinclair for the franchise record with a sack in six consecutive games. This young man – is playing some football. Yeah, see, I mean, he's he's playing some really good football, and uh, and he gets to the quarterback pretty quickly. You know, he could have had, you know, there's a chance for two sacks. You know, he chased um, Lamar Jackson out of the pocket. Uh, but then to get the trifecta on the next turn where he, you know, forced the fumble, got the sack, and recovered the fumble, uh, I, you know, I think Dave Wyman said in the pregame, he just looks like he's more comfortable out there. Like he knows what he's what he wants to do. He has a plan for what he wants to get accomplished. Uh, he has a couple different go to moves in the in the pass rush game. And it's like he's not like um, super flashy or super fast or super quick or super strong, but he's a very skilled football player. All right. When we return, we'll hear from Bobby Wagner and Jordan Brooks. They are with Jim Miller. That's coming up next on the Seahawks Radio Network. Welcome back to the Seahawks Post Game Show. Michael Bump is with the fellas. Let's hear from Bobby Wagner. He's standing by with Jim Mueller. Bobby, what was the most surprising thing about the way the defense played? Um, that we didn't tackle that well. Um, we didn't stop the run like we like we knew we needed to. Uh, that's probably the biggest thing. Is there any one thing you can point to as to what happened with the tackling today? Uh, nah, I gotta watch the film. I gotta watch the film, see what happens, see what they did. The run game has been a point of emphasis all year. You guys have done a really good job of bottling it up. But what the Ravens do differently? Um, they're just a good team, man. That's a good, good offense over there. Um, you know, we made some mistakes in the run game, but you know, hats off to them. They did a good job of of um, utilizing all their backs, utilizing the quarterback. Um, they did a good job today. What is also the challenge when you're trying to rush and bring pressure? Because you do that too much, or, or if you're not in sync with that, you just open up some lanes for Lamar to run. 
yeah, I mean, you want to try to get after him, but, um, you know, sometimes if you do that, like you said, like you open up um, lanes for him to take off, and then um, it's kind of tough because you don't want to get out of your, your zone, um, but you know you got to stop him too. So it's, if you leave too early, he throws it over your head. If you leave too late, he gets the first down or gets some yards. So it's a good team. You are not going to face another quarterback like Lamar. So then what do you tell the guys when you go to look at film this week? Um, I think you just got to take accountability. This is one that you um, you don't like. No one likes to lose like this. Um, but we got to make sure we're accountable and fix our mistakes. And then how does it help so that it doesn't happen again? As in you, you feel this feeling and, and you know you don't want it to happen again. Um, I think what it is is... Uh, you know, it's a, a game that you can learn that if you're not on, you know, a good team will beat you. And so we have to make sure that we, you know, always stay on. That was Bobby Wagner. Bump, we'll get that back to you. Thanks, Jen. He said the biggest thing that surprised him was that they didn't tackle well. I remember last year during the preseason, that was a big concern for this team, right? Lots of missed tackles. It felt like they shored it up a little bit. Um Mar, are there fundamental things you can get back to when it comes to tackling? Yes, there was a lot of shoulder tackling today, and we all were commenting as we watched it. Now, there was I'm not going to say there was 10 of them, but we saw three, and all three of those popped, and that can't happen. There was a couple where we tried to wrap up, and they just made a good play, and you know they get paid to make plays too. But yes, there are a couple of and, – and where it really kills you is in the secondary – and Jamal Adams at times tries to throw a shoulder. Woolen at times tries to throw a shoulder. Every once in a while, you know, Diggs or, you know, maybe Love, you know, just size-wise, you know, the guy makes a play on you. You cannot shoulder tackle in this league, ever. And um, that's the part you got to shore up. Yeah, and also, too, though, you know, I think the Ravens probably had something to do with that, too. Those dudes were running hard downhill. Uh, Lamar Jackson's a tough dude to tackle. Uh, in general, and then uh, and then if you have linemen pushing on you as you're trying to tackle, it makes it a little bit more difficult too. So, uh, you know, along with what Paul was saying, and then also just the physicality of the other team that uh, just wasn't matched by the Seahawks, then you're probably going to have more missed tackles in that situation. Yeah, and sometimes being slightly out of position can can create more missed tackles, right? If you're not in the exact position where you're supposed to be filling a certain lane. Uh, you know, you're slightly off by a yard or so when you're reaching for the guy. And, and a guy, an NFL running back, especially these Ravens, uh, you know, they're strong guys. They're going to run through those arms when you're reaching and you're just outside of the zone you're supposed to be on. Um, you know, I can't quite comment to that scheme or, or what it is, but that's, you know, what I've seen a lot of is you're just outside of your zone or outside of your lane. Guys are going to run through those and, and get downhill. And then it's a tough tackle for these safeties to make when guys are running downhill on you and you're coming through trying to, to fill the gaps. Um, Sometimes you got to just leave with lead with your shoulder, which you don't like to see, but they're they're trying to stop him for a four or five yard gain instead of a 15, 20 yarder. All right, let's go back to Jen. She's standing by with Jordan Brooks. Jordan, what was the most challenging part of today's game? Um, staying in it while we were getting beat. That was the most challenging part. Um, you know, when you're down that much, it's easy to check out. So that, that was probably the most challenging part. Well, there's probably not very many silver linings, but what lessons can be learned or taken away from this? A lot. <laughs> A lot. Uh, we got to go back and watch the film. But, um, you know, we just got to regroup, you know, kind of start all over and, and get back on track. The missed tackles were a little bit uncharacteristic. What do you think was the, the, um, the reason for those? 
Um, a lot, a lot of credit to them, um, breaking tackles, um, and then us just not taking an extra step, not really wrapping guys up and bringing them to the de- to the ground and coming with that aggression. Uh, I thought that that's what we were missing as a defense today, and, and it showed. It wasn't lacking in effort, though, from the defense, but you're saying aggression might not have been there the way that it needed to be. Is that what I'm hearing? Absolutely. I mean, that's what you need to stop a good running team. you got to be aggressive, you know. They're good because they, you know, they run the ball and they break tackles, and so we got to wrap up and bring the guys to the ground. What'd you like about the way you guys defended screen passes today? Um, it was good, but I mean, it really didn't do anything for us because we still lost by thirty-something points. So. Lastly, I heard you, the, the vets, talking to the youngsters on the bench. What do you tell them going into this week when you look at film and start turning the page? Uh, we look at it, we learn from it, but don't dwell on it too long because we got to get back to next week and, and get focused on the next team that we plan. So we've we got a long plane ride home to sit up there and, and dwell on it. And then after that, watch film in the morning and, and get over it. Thank you, Jordan. We'll get that back to you, Bob. Thank you, Jen. Um, you talked to two linebackers. They're paid to tackle, so you know the missed tackles probably cuts a little deeper with them when you're wearing number 50-something, Moyer. Yes, for sure. And, you know, Jordan's had a great year, and I thought he played well today, but even he was having a tough time getting those guys down. So, as he said, sometimes you got to give credit to them also. It's a combination. They ran hard. If we, you know, if we're not shoulder-tackling, on some of those, you know, the running doesn't look as bad. But they had, well, it says 298 yards. They got to 300 and kneeled the last two to drop it down to, to 298. They just got to get back to, you know, doing what they were doing. The w- one thing we've always talked about them is, wow, the way we swarm. And I don't, again, it's not that I don't think we swarmed. I, I mean, there's times where I go, we're playing hard and we're hitting hard defensively. It's just, you know, fundamentally you got to get back to making sure you're wrapping up. All right. After this, we have to pick the player of the game. I'm interested. You guys are going to have to be real analysis here and put your thinking caps on and get her done. That's coming up next. The Seahawks lose to the Ravens 37-3. Welcome back to the Seahawks Post Game Show. Michael Bumpus with the fellas, Big Ray Roberts, Paul Moyer, Brian Walters. We've got Curtis Rogers kicking it, too. It's time for the player of the game. The player of the game is powered by the Kia Telluride X-Pro. Kia, official partner of the Seattle Seahawks. I was driving from Pullman to Spokane last night behind the Telluride the whole way there. Took me took me uh, home to, uh, not home, but to Spokane nice and safely. You know, it's dark on those back roads. Your boy doesn't have the greatest vision. So I go, look, I guess I'm going to speed limit all the way with you. Because usually I dip out and, and hit it. But the Telluride got me there safely. Telluride, official. Is there snow out there on the Palouse yet? No, it was just cold. It was cold. No snow. All right, guys. You know what? I made the joke, right, that you're going to have to put your thicky caps on and give me some good analysis. But there are some guys who did some things. No matter what the score is, there are some guys who do their jobs or who did their jobs. So let me know who they are. Be wheezy. Okay. Um, Well, I think this one's one's easy for me. We've talked about them all game, and it's got to be Boye Mafe. Um, you know, continuing to have a, a great first half of the season. Um, I think it's technically the second half of the season starting next week, correct? Um, but he's just had a phenomenal first half, and today was great. You know, he had the sack fumble, and 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 uh, you know, really 
one of few the few bright spots mm-hmm. or the bright big plays um, made by a, a Seahawk today. So I got to give mine to Boye Mafe. Boye Mafe, Big Ray, who you got? Well, you know, you know, we were just talking a little bit too. Jordan Brooks had eleven total tackles. He had nine solo tackles and a tackle for loss. You know, Jackson, Jackson Smith and Jigba had six catches on seven targets for sixty three yards. Some of that was kind of in the in the cleanup, but um, I would have to go with uh, with uh, Boye Mafe. This is six games in a row that he's had a sack. This dude is like quickly becoming, uh, you know, one of the better edge defenders in the league versus the run and. Uh, rushing the quarterback. So uh, today he had the trifecta, like we just heard, the sack, the sack fumble, and the recovery of it. So my guy is uh, Boye Mafe. Yeah, I th- I'm going to have to agree with that. But Michael Dixon, or, um, <laughs> you know, he had a bunch of punts. He had three inside the 20. Mm-hmm. One was inside the five, which at the time was a big, big kick. Uh, Jason Myers, what has he got? 22, 23 straight games with a field goal. Wow. I mean, that's hard to do, you know, to to have that many. But I think Boye Mafe, too, mainly because that play at the time was so big. And, you know, we needed a turnover, and we got it from him. He had six tackles, and not only did he have the strip or the sack, he had the strip, he had the fourth fumble and the fumble recovery, and he's becoming a complete player. So, yep, Mafe is my guy. We're all in this together. I think that's the – you can go uh, – Trey Brown had a play, but you talk about the more impact. I mean, Trey Brown, that was that was a big play too if they would have just capitalized and put some points on the board after that forced fumble on Odell Beckham. But, um, yeah, when you get uh, the sack, the forced fumble, and the recovery, I mean, in the 37-3 loss, I think you got to go with Boye. All right, say 12s now is your chance to weigh in. Follow the Seahawks on Twitter and Instagram to vote for the Kia's electric – player of the game okay when we return we're gonna put this to bed and we're gonna look forward to next week the hoss got the commanders that's coming up next on the seahawks radio network second down and four hill now comes out of the backfield lines up wide to the right side a slot to the far side jackson steps up ball is stripped away it's on the ground the seahawks are diving did they get there or not let's see the seahawks have the ball i think it's mafe at the bottom of the pile as Lamar Jackson reared back to throw, his arm was grabbed, the ball came out, and Boye Mafe, who had to try to chase down Lamar Jackson a play or two ago, this time grabs the fumble, returns the favor, and now the Seahawks have the ball in terrific field position. The Call of the Game is brought to you by Beacon Plumbing. Stop freaking call Beacon. All right, let's talk about what's going to happen next week. It's a salute to service game as well. Fittingly, you're playing the Commanders. Show some love to everyone who has served or is serving in the military. We appreciate you. Um, so we were we were looking at the Commanders during the break, and they're quiet little four and five. They just beat the New England Patriots. It's not saying much. The Pages are two and seven on the year. Mac Jones has struggled a little bit, but um, Washington and Sam Howell they will throw the football. Sam Howell threw the ball forty-five times for three hundred twenty-five yards, one touchdown and one interception. They also ran the ball twenty-nine times for a buck twenty-four. I'm looking at the Commanders and I'm saying you got to get this one. All right, this this game today. Obviously, you wanted to win, but we also wanted to see what you look like against a really good team. Uh, this is the Commanders. This is a game that when you start the season, you pull a little circle by it and you say, all right, this is one you got to get. 
Yeah, and here, here's the big thing when I look at the commanders, especially now. They made the big moves, two big moves. They don't have Montez Sweat. They don't have Chase Young. Those were the guys that you feared when you looked at them on defense. And then you look at their stats today against the Patriots, and they have no sacks. They had zero sacks on Mac Jones today, and they had one quarterback hit. So to me, I look at this and I say, all right, Seahawks, this is your offensive get-right game. you got to put up some points, right? you got to have Geno sit back there and pick this team apart. You're not going to get the pressure that you are used to with this team because this team, you know, you're used to seeing those those names that they used to have, right? Chase Young and Montez Sweat and be like, okay, we got to get rid of the ball. Um, they don't have that defensive line anymore. And so so I, I, I could see them running the ball a lot this game too, get the running game back. Um, the Patriots averaged, I mean, I think, let's see, Stevenson had 87 yards, 9.7 yards per carry. Uh, was his average uh, this last game. And I use this last game as an example because they don't have their their defensive linemen that they've always had. So to me, the Seahawks will put up some numbers on offense next week. That's what we need to see. Yeah, I think the uh, you know for defense, too, if the commanders are going to you know run the ball more, they, they do have uh, Brian Robinson, who's a Robinson. He's a big dude. He's 6'1", 228 pounds. I think he's averaging right around four yards a carry. So you still have to get back to tackling dudes and get them to the ground. Uh, and then on offense, you know, it is for what you look at the, where the schedule is right now. It is a get-right game for a bunch of different reasons. Like Brian just said, you should be able to pass protect, should be able to find some lanes to run. Uh, DK should, I mean, um, uh, uh, Gino should be able to get back into a rhythm. Shane Waldron should be able to get into a rhythm. Uh, the running game should be able to, to get into some type of rhythm uh, to kind of get yourself reset, so you can remind yourself of who you were, uh, you know, before this game, so you can get past it. You know, it's the NFL, so you got to be ready. And we're not playing well offensively. And so it's always a challenge because you're asking the defense to really step up again. And, you know, it's not like Washington have players. They do. Sam House, actually, pretty mobile guy. He had a great day today 29 for 45, as they mentioned earlier. And he got uh, Terry McLaren, who can run. And, you know, so, you know, we got to be on our game. And it's hard to come back after a game like this and to feel good about yourself. So they're going to have to really get after it early. But if you want to accomplish all your goals, this has to be a must win. It has to be if you want to win the NFC West. Because you got the Rams after that, Those these next two weeks, even though we don't look two weeks out, but I'm going to, are critical before you hit the gauntlet of the 49ers twice, Philadelphia and the Cowboys. Um, so, yes, I expect us to win, but we're going to have to play well to do it. Yeah. Get right. Fix all those mistakes. Get back to the fundamentals. Sometimes it's just reminding, all right, run through this man. Tackle him. Drive to the ground. Look the ball all the way in on the sideline. Go through your progressions. Get your proper depth on your route. It's Now you just, I think this week, you're just going to keep hearing those little one-liners from the coaches, right? And I think if, if there's any week for these guys to really listen and pay attention to that stuff, because I, I think a lot of times you get to the NFL, you play for a while, you got it all figured out, right? Every now and then, you lose 37-3. You're like, okay, we got to switch something up here because uh, maybe we don't have it all figured out. Yeah, and I, I, you know what Brian was saying, too? You know, they just traded away 11 and a half sacks. And, uh, and today they had the one quarterback hit and, and no sacks. And so you can't allow them to come here and let it be their get right game. <laughs> you know, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, they are professional football players and they're paid and they're going to have a game plan and they're going to come in. They're going to see the, the film 
from today and feel like, hey, this team is beatable. We can we can go in there and beat this team. We play physical and uh, play some downhill football. So it's going to be important to get the mentality right to just kind of get this game, you know, get the lessons learned, flush it out of your system, and get refocused in a way that you can get back to doing what you're doing. Like I said, keep it in perspective. Don't overreact to things where you feel like you have to. There has to be a wholesale change somewhere or a new concept of how you're playing defense or offense or what have you. But just get back to playing like they were playing. Wholesale change. I like that. No wholesale changes. No. Got to make some changes, though, right? Yeah, they can. Something's got to change but, a little you know, bit. You don't want to go too far. Switch it up a little bit. All right, today's final score, Ravens 37, Seahawks 3. You've been listening to the Seahawks Radio Network. I'd like to thank the people who make our broadcast possible. Scoreboard updates by Curtis Rogers. Production assistant is Chauncey Sanders. Studio coordinators Brady Robick and Max Strobel. Executive producer of the Seahawks Radio Network is Nasa Chobie. The Seahawks return home to Lumen Field next week to take on the Washington Commanders. Pre-game coverage begins at 11 a.m. on the Seahawks Radio Network. For our Seattle stations, we have another hour of Hog Talk, but if you are leaving us, thanks for listening. For Paul Moyer, Ray Roberts, and Brian Walters, I'm Michael Bumpus. Seahawks fall to the Ravens 37-3. Talk to you next week. This is, is Hawk Talk Postgame, a joint presentation of Cairo News Radio 97.3 FM and Seattle Sports. Brought to you by Muckleshoot Casino, Top Fitness, and your local carrier heating and air conditioning dealer. Welcome to Hawk Talk. I am Michael Bumpus, joined by Paul Moyer, Brian Walters, and Ray Roberts. The Seahawks fall to the Baltimore Ravens 37 to 3. We weren't ready for this one. Now, we, we knew there was a possibility the team's going to lose. It's the NFL. Every week a team can lose. But 37 to 3, we weren't ready for that. Let me break down some of these stats for you, man. Look at third downs. Really bad for the Seahawks. They were 1 for 12. The Baltimore Ravens were 6 for 13. Total plays, the Ravens ran 75, the Seahawks ran 47. Total yards, the Ravens had 515 yards, the Hawks had 151. Throwing the football, the Baltimore Ravens only threw it for 217, but when you rush it for 298, that's going to be the difference right there. Also, the Seahawks rushed the ball for 28 yards, not very good. Geno was 13 of 28 for 157 and one touchdown. And Ken Walker had nine carries for 16 yards. Jackson Smith and Jigba was the leading receiver. He had six catches for 63 yards. The Seahawks unable to get into the end zone. Not what we expected. We knew this was going to be a uh, measuring stick to see exactly where you are when it comes to some of the elite in the NFL. Um, you look at the score and you say, well, the Hawks got a lot to do. Um, but that's why we're here, to break it all down for you. And I'll tell you what we think. Not a good game, Moyer. Not a good game. Not a good weekend, guys. I, we we started this broadcast off talking about how rough it was for our colleges, right? And I, and and Curtis, you don't count here. Now you're in the top twenty-five. We're not going to mention that bad whatever team down south. Um, <laughs> we can talk about them all. No, we can't talk about. Them. <laughs> but I, I was just going through our scores, you guys. Arizona State, State scored three points. Y'all sco- scored seven. Seven, baby. Virginia scored seventeen. And lovely Cornell scored eight, and then the Seahawks scored three. He scored eight, so y'all really scored six. <laughs> I'm, just happy, I'm just happy Moyer didn't say Colgate. That's what I'm happy about. So it's a win right there. That's a win. I had to pause for a second. So it was it was rough, uh, rough weekend for uh, for us, and then the Seahawks scored three points as well. I remember your question. I mean, honestly, we break it down. <laughs> this is just a tough. This was a tough game. We we knew the team we were going in against was a very good team, best team we'd played all year, both sides of the ball, and they took it to us on both sides of the ball. 
this is one of those games you, you hope we bounce back from. I'm, I'm more worried about our confidence moving forward because the Reds, the Commanders next week is a critical game. Things can turn on you just as easy as things can turn positive, right? You know, you you lose a game like this the way, the way we did, and then for some reason we didn't play well next week. But, you know, we had six first downs today. I, I don't know what more to say. It, it's the third fewest first downs we've had in Seahawks history, tied for with about four or five other teams. Uh, not much you can say when you've only had, you know, six first downs and we only had four drives where we had a first down, and it wasn't much better defensively either. So I'm not saying just throw this one away. You can't. you got to really go and look at this and say, why did this happen? But we're a better team than we showed today. Yeah, I look at the positives, maybe positive. Here's the big one. We came out very healthy. I, I feel like there wasn't a big injury, um, which is a good thing. Um, but just a, a wild game, one you want to forget, one you got to look look forward to the uh, Washington Commanders and just have that be a refocus game. This whole week has got to be refocusing on the fundamentals, the technique, you know, the tackling, um, fitting it in your spots, uh, receivers, route running, you know, being very precise, whether, you know, running a route to pre- precision, you know, a five-yard route's got to be five yards, can't be seven yards, can't be three yards. Um, looking the like what Bump was talking about, just making sure you're looking passes all the way in, you know, not that little bobble that, that could extend a drive. Um, so a lot of things. And and setting yourself up for, for – um, for success on third downs, and, and I go back to the second downs. Uh, you want to you want to make sure these second downs aren't giving you so many negative yards. You know they they've had some second and sixes, second and eight, second and sevens, and then you end up at third and eleven, third and fourteen, third and sixteen with sacks and penalties and 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 all that. And you're just not gonna. I think the third down stat might be a little skewed for this game because they were in such bad situations on third downs. Uh, and and you had four balls batted down at the line of scrimmage for Geno. So I don't know what the receivers look like on those plays. But if you can get those hands down, maybe you have some completions there and some first downs. So just a tough, tough game for the Seahawks and one you want to we want to talk about really quickly and then forget about and move on to the commanders. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And like, you know, obviously, this is not a game to panic from. You know, there's going to be some people that are going to feel like the sky's falling. But if you walk outside, the sky's not falling. The moon's not coming, you know, out of the sky. The sun's not coming out of orbit. Everything's going to be fine, and 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 you're gonna, they're going to show up tomorrow back in the locker room, uh, back in the film room, and and, and get things straight. Uh, but it is, a, it, it's a concerning game, not not one to to panic by, and it's not one to to say like the season. It was not going to make or break the season either. So there's still, you're still in first place. Still have a chance to 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 beat the the Forty Nineers twice, and you still have the Cowboys to play in the and uh, and the Philadelphia Eagles. So there's some some other big f- fish that you have to fight with. And uh, and so that if you allow this game to linger, then those games will get to the point where they don't matter. And so that's why it's important to keep it in perspective. Understand, yes, we took a, a freaking you know they took us behind the tool shed and put it on us. But uh, <laughs> but um, but they were they're going to have to be able to bounce back from it from a mental and a mentality point of view, and then just correct the things that they need to correct. Yeah, just you know, Brian, your your comments on second down, you know, and getting into third down. You're right. I just went and peeked real quick. We we had six drives in a row where we were third and ten or more. Now. 12, 14, and the, and the biggest one, it's third down and 21, right before the half. It's third and 21. And I, I know we were trying to get into field goal range, which I don't blame them for, but third and 21, and we give up a strip sack, they get the football and they go down and score. 
you know, in all intents and purposes, that's the game, just the way the game was going. And so, you know, you just clean up those things where at least you're in some manageable situations, you know, but over half your third down opportunities were third down and 11 plus against that defense, no chance. All right, well, let's hear from uh, one of the guys who made a big play. Trey Brown is standing by with reporters. We had the effort, but there was a lack of aggressiveness. Yeah, we wasn't we wasn't aggressive, you know. We usually don't don't miss tackles. Uh, we miss we miss a lot of tackles out there. You know that's on us to clean up. You know uh, we really wasn't as disciplined as we usually are. Uh, so we let, we let some plays, you know, get away from us, and um, that's where that's where it all started. And then how important do you think that you move from this game? You take positive, negatives, and then the opportunities seven days from now. Yeah, the season is long, you know. Uh, things happen, you know. Um, the best team don't always win the Super Bowl. You've seen that, you know. So it's not always about the best team, but the team who goes out there and uh, do their job, uh, handle their corrections, and go out there and play the next play. Did fatigue have anything to do with it in the second half? Defense was on the field a lot. It was warm out there in the first half. Did fatigue play a role? I don't want to give no excuses. You know, um, you know, we practice. We practice every day. If you practice every day and you go out there and play every Sunday, you know, fatigue shouldn't be a problem with us. But I mean. You know, we don't want to put that on offense. You know, we was out there, so no matter what, we, we, we keep that standard. If we're out there, you know, let's go make that play and get off the field. You knew that Lamar Jackson was going to be a challenge. Was it even more than what you expect? Is he able to do more than what he even showed on film? Yeah, nobody can. You can't mimic Lamar. I don't care who you are. You know, in practice, uh, he's one of the best, like I said, for a reason. So uh, it's hard to really game plan for Lamar, you know, because he makes those plays. And so, man, he's just whatever situation he gets in, he finds a way to get out of it. It is a tough one right now, but what are the lessons learned? Uh, we just got to um, take accountability. You know what I mean? Uh, we're not as good as we think we are, so we got to go out there and f- uh, fix that. What did Pete say? Uh, you know, we're not pointing fingers exactly, and that's exactly what he said. We don't do that in this program. We don't point fingers. We just go out there and fix those things. All right. Michael Bumpus, we'll get that back to you. Thanks, Jen. He says, uh, we're not as good as we think we are. And I think that's always a, a good place to operate, right? You, you operate in that in that area. Every week you're going to show up with something to prove and something to gain. And, you know, I know, I know, folks, 37 to 3, it's all bad, right? But hopefully they take this, they show up on Monday, and they turn it up a notch at practice. You do something you haven't done in a, in a few weeks because you've had that success. You won five out of six games. So, I like that, man. Trey Brown, one, sounding like a 10-year vet because of his voice, but uh, <laughs> right. with the insight, he, he really does sound like a vet. Yeah, you know, I, like I said, I think the team has done a good job, and sometimes it you know, it sounds like, you know, cliches and things, but it's important for the people in that locker room, in that building, to keep it all in perspective. And so you can't go beating yourself up and, and saying that, you know, we're this terrible team and we can't do anything and this, that, and the other thing. Uh, because you've proven that that's not the case. Uh, did you have a, you know, you ran into like a, a bus of a team, a hot team, a team that a lot of people are expecting, you know, to, to go to the Super Bowl, a very physical team that's, that's you know, trademarked with playing that, that brand of football, a quarterback that's difficult to, to prepare for. Um, and so, you know, not to make excuses because, I mean, it was a butt kicking. But uh, but also, like I said, just not to panic, man, because the, if you panic in this situation, uh, then the season is lost. It's just a matter of, you know, correcting, getting it, you know, flushing it out of your system and, and then getting locked back in, f- f- you know, laser focus back in on uh, the commanders and what you have to do to win that football game. 
something to put Seahawks' minds at ease as well. You know, we're not the only team they did this to at home. There was a team, Detroit Lions, that everyone was saying at the time was the best team in the NFL, and they went into Baltimore, and Baltimore beat them 38-6 to at home as well. So, you know, it's, we're not the only team, and it's not – this team is a good team. They are The Ravens are a great team. I expect to see them in the Super Bowl. The good news is if we do see them in the Super Bowl, it won't be a home game for the Ravens, which I think that they really <laughs> excel at. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. This one's such a tough one to talk about because I feel like uh, we're going to be repeating ourselves a lot in this next 30 minutes. And, you know, it just comes to some fundamental football. You, you can't put yourself in bad third down situations. You've got to tackle well. Um, you got to have some big plays. I mean, we, we had three plays over eight yards. Three. I mean, I that, that's remarkable to me in this day and age where – the game is, you know, so favorable to offenses. So, um, and I, but I think that if you were going to hit the big one defensively, yeah, we just got to tackle better. And Tomato always on the secondary and get back to fundamentals. And offensively, we just got to put ourselves in better positions. Baltimore, I'm curious to see are they as good as we think they are defensively, um, or was it just one of those games? And it will, we'll, you know, we'll find out from Baltimore. They're, that's their third game in a row, though, where they put up over thirty points. You know, when you get on those streaks, you know, they're you're feeling really good about yourself. So we'll, we'll see. But I, that was a good team we lost to. All right, let's hear from Evan Brown. He's standing by with reporters. What happened in the right game? Just wasn't there. Uh, once again, this is the same thing for most things. It's you know, I gotta gotta see it on film and you know, fix the bad and and build off what if what good there was and and you know, on to the next week. Is there anything that they schemed up differently than what you saw on film? Not too much. No, you know, there we we knew they were a good defense, but you know, just you know, it's it's hard to tell right now. But you know, same thing I just said is is back at film and we'll see what happens. What's the challenge when they're kind of clogging up those lanes, getting their hands up and knocking passes down? Yeah, I think it's a it's a kind of a feel thing. You can feel it when they start to jump. You know, we're we're coached and taught just to you know pull them back down. You know, they make make some good plays. So you know, we just got to be better. In the first quarter, though, the series were getting a little bit longer. Did you feel like there was momentum there after you felt them out, maybe for a couple of drives? Yeah, a little bit. Um, you know, we'd get into a little groove and then, you know, something would happen and we'd get back out of it. And, you know, you just got to eliminate those negative plays to the best of our ability. Last week it was the top-rated defense. This is the second-rated defense. But what do they do so much differently than the Browns? You think um, a lot of plush, well, excuse me, a lot of pressure, a lot of moving parts. Um, you know, I think we just, you know, as an offensive line, got to be able to diagnose and, and see it and, and, you know, hold up in our blocks. You know, once again, it's uh, going to be a film thing. It's hard to tell while, you know, while it's going on exactly what went wrong. So just got to see it on film and make the corrections. Lastly, what's your biggest takeaway from this one? Uh, definitely a learning moment. You know, you get you get punched in the mouth like that. You get beat bad. You know, it's, it's a big how the team's going to respond. And, you know, knowing our guys, we're going to come back next week, put our head down and go to work. So... The Seahawks wanted to run the ball today. Bomb. They tried, but there just wasn't many yards there, as you hear Evan Brown say the run game. Not there today. They'll look at film. We'll get that back to you. Thanks, Jen. Definitely wasn't there. What, 28, 29 yards on the ground? Never really got things going. I felt like the uh, the Ravens defensive line did a good job getting a push and getting in that backfield. Okay, when we return, we'll hear from Draymond Jones. He will be with Jen Mueller. That's next on your home for the Seahawks, Seattle Sports 710 and Kyra News Radio 97.3 FM. Thank you, Curtis, for that update. Let's uh, go to Jim Miller. She's standing by with Draymond Jones. Draymond, you played in a lot of football games. What do you say about this one? Um, it was nothing to do with effort or just 
it's just more so we just not doing a job. I think a lot of the time we beat ourselves and we just got to be better. You knew that Lamar was a running quarterback. You knew that they run the play option differently. Did did he do something other than what you'd seen on film today? Uh, no, we just got to be a better job at just having our integrity, be gap sound, just doing everything better. Did any of that have to do with just the pressure that he puts on a defense where you start to maybe get a little bit jumpy, a little bit antsy? A little bit. I mean, he's a talented player. Um, he does what he does, and he's been great for a couple of years now for a reason. Um, and we didn't do our part to contain that. What is it about the way that they run the read option that's different than other teams? Uh, you don't. You truly don't know where they're going to go. Uh, I mean, they're... They're honest in what they what they do, but sometimes, you know, with the type of players they have in the backfield, the ball can go anywhere. We haven't seen this game yet this year. What do you tell your teammates? Um, just, you know, keep our head up. We got, we got a lot of ball left. We've been doing great so far. Uh, don't let one game or a couple plays define how you are as a player, how you are as a team. So we got to just bounce back and, uh, you know, tomorrow's a new week. So Monday starts, uh, starts next week for the next team. Yeah, and it's time to turn the page bump as we get that back to you. All right, that was Draymond Jones as Curtis Rogers is leaving us for the day. Last to show up, first to leave, Curtis. But we appreciate you, man. He's, uh, his sister-in-law is getting married, Utah. So if you listen to the Bump and Station show, you will not hear Curtis. All right, Curtis, take care, man. <laughs> All right, fellas. Um, I mean, Draymond had a – so this is how crazy this game was. We're trying to figure out when that – offsides was by Draymond and it was so crucial to us in that moment we're like oh man what is he doing what was the score B 20 to 3 at that time and we were we were begging I mean we needed some kind of glimmer of hope to get this thing done and uh things like that really hurt you talk about the the third and longs that the Seahawks were in uh that play right there hurt you you force a fumble you don't get points off the fumble there were some opportunities to at least put a dent in that lead and then see what happens from there. The Hawks just weren't able to capitalize. Yeah, you would like to, to think that uh, with the way the Seahawks had been playing defense up until this point, that they would be able to put uh, the Ravens in a position where they felt a little bit uncomfortable. But uh, but they, they weren't an uncomfortable pretty much at all today, like even after the turnovers and things. So cause you just weren't like consistent enough on defense with either tackling the run or getting after the quarterback or you know they, they find the tight end to convert a third down or, or this, that, and the other. So uh, this was never in a position to kind of – uh, threaten the Ravens that way, and then on offense, like we said, you know, just the, the third down situation. Brian made a good point that um, you know it's winning on the first and second down that makes that makes the third down so difficult. Uh, and then with some of the penalties and things that kind of put you even further, uh, the, the penalty right before the half that you know took you you're already out of the field goal range. I think Gino got sacked or whatever, and then you get uh, the, the false start or something or another that was after that. So you're out of the field goal range, fumble, and then they get the ball and score. So it was just too many opportunities that. Uh, maybe the Seahawks had and didn't take advantage of, but then the the Ravens maximized their opportunities. Yeah, the way the Seahawks defense came out, I thought this was going to be a big time defensive battle. You know, you, you make stops on the first couple drives, but you know, I know they don't like to make excuses. Uh, the defense would never say it, but I like to just think that you know they, they got worn out, they got tired. The offense was you know three and out, three and out, not not long drives, and when the defense is on the field for you know, twice the amount that the offense is, it's, it's bound to wear on you. And, and that's what I, I like to think happen. And then that's when we started seeing those big chunks, you know, the big drive they had for their first touchdown. Um, you saw a lot of just big chunk runs. And I mean, when you rush for 298 yards against a team, 
there's something different going on. And I, I just like to think that the defense got a little bit worn out and the offense has to take a little bit of responsibility for that. All right. I feel I can definitely see that defense getting worn out. It was a physical game. All right, when we return, highlight recap. That's coming up next in your home for the Seahawks, Seattle Sports 710 and News Radio, 97.3 FM. Welcome back to Hawk Talk. You hear the music. You know what time it is. We got highlights, 37 to 3, no matter. Guys still made some plays. All right, let's get this thing going. The first one, Gus Edwards runs it in for a touchdown, four-yard touchdown, making the score 7-0 Ravens. First and goal from the four. Edwards, the running back, he has the handoff, and he's got a touchdown. A four-yard touchdown run by Edwards, and the Ravens break the scoreless first quarter with the first touchdown of the game. They lead 6-0. Yeah, unfortunately, this was kind of the beginning of the end uh, for the Seahawks. <laughs> that quick. <laughs> <laughs> because this, this was just kind of like more to come. Like, there's just the way they ran the ball kind of untouched into the end zone and was blocking well uh, up front. It just seemed as if... Uh, at that point, I said at one point it was seven nothing. It felt like it was seventeen to nothing. So it's a tough, tough go at, at the uh, at the line of scrimmage for the Seahawks today. It's the start of the second quarter. Baltimore's up seven zero. I told Geno not to do this. That Geno on Geno crime. Geno Stone intercepts Geno Smith for his sixth interception of the year. Charbonnet's in the backfield. DK Metcalf back in the game. Goes wide right. Baltimore loads up the line of scrimmage. They rush four. Geno steps. Geno throws. Lock it. Ball intercepted. Goes over his head and is picked off by Stone. Geno Stone make it six interceptions for him now, leading the NFL. And that one, I'm not sure what happened. It looked like Tyler might have gotten knocked off his route a little bit. Something you don't see very often. Looked like a little confusion between Tyler Lockett and Geno Smith. And uh, Geno with the errant pass up the left sideline. And uh, Geno Stone coming uh, with his sixth interception of the year, filling in for Marcus Williams pretty nicely. All right. You know what, Boye Mafe says, don't worry, I got your back. Ravens get the football strip sack by Boye. Second down and four. Hill now comes out of the backfield, lines up wide to the right side. A slot to the far side. Jackson steps up, ball is stripped away. It's on the ground. The Seahawks are diving. Did they get there or not? Let's see. The Seahawks have the ball. I think it's Mafe at the bottom of the pile. As Lamar Jackson reared back to throw, his arm was grabbed, the ball came out, and Boye Mafe, who had to try to chase down Lamar Jackson a play or two ago, this time grabs the fumble, returns the favor, and now the Seahawks have the ball in terrific field position. Such a good play by Mafe. I mean, he does a great job of slapping the ball. He, you know, So he gets the sack, he gets the forced fumble, and he gets the fumble recovery. The disappointing part is, man, we got nothing out of it. We, I think we went three plays after that and punted the ball right back to the Ravens. That's correct. The Hawks go three plays, one yard. They put on the foot. They give it to the Ravens. The Ravens then go 10 plays, 84 yards. Did not see one third down on this drive. Gus Edwards finds the end zone again. Edwards in the backfield. Jackson turns hands to him. And he fights his way into the end zone for a touchdown. A three-yard touchdown run for Edwards. Yeah, like I said, I mean, it was tough sledding today uh, for the for the defensive front, the, the missed tackles, which is unusual for them. And then uh, Gus Edwards, I think, it's, has a streak of, of touchdowns going this season, and so he just kind of continued, continued it in that. But, um, you know, hey, the Seahawks are going to get this thing right. They're going to get back uh, tomorrow in the, into the film room, get those things corrected. Don't expect to see another day like this. The biggest play of the day for the Seattle Seahawks. Geno Smith finds DK Metcalf for a 50-yard game. Play fake. Geno wants to throw. 
steps up in the pocket, looks, fires down the middle. Ball is caught, Metcalf across the 40, down to the 30, down to the 20, steps out of bounds. On a beautiful crossing route that time, Gino had lots of time. He waited for DK to come across the middle, he did. They're actually gonna say he stepped out of bounds back by the 25 yard line. A 50 yard pass and run from Gino on the perfect throw to Metcalf on the crossing route. Unfortunately, about a third of the Seahawks' total yards on the day came from this one play from DK, but uh, just a dig route over the middle. Gino was able to step up and find him late, and DK uh, broke free running up the sideline and was able to get 50 yards out of it for one of the few bright spots of the day. Later in the fourth quarter, the Ravens go eight plays, 78 yards. A, a good sight if you're an OBJ fan, not if you are a Seahawks fan. Odell Beckham scores his first touchdown as a Raven. Correct myself. Lamar Jackson fumbles. OBJ, excuse me. Thank you. Goodness gracious. Struggle bus over here. OBJ actually fumbles. Trey Brown knocks the football out. Recovered by the Hawks. Jackson out of the shotgun has three receivers to his left side. Hill comes out of the backfield to throw to the near side. Odell Beckham Jr. makes the catch. Ball comes out as Beckham was tackled. Let's see if he was down. Seahawks say the ball came out. And they recovered. Let's see what the officials say. They say Seahawks football. And Bobby Wagner got that fumble recovery. Really good play by Trey Brown as he's making the tackle on OBJ. OBJ lands on him. And Trey, so he's not down. And Trey doesn't give up on it and kind of punches the ball out. It was a close, you know, whether it was a fumble or not, but it was clearly a fumble. And we're thinking at that point. We're back in this, man. It's 14 to 3. It's less than, or it's around 40 seconds left and a half. We're going to get this ball, score a touchdown, and didn't happen quite that way. All right, this last one really hurts. Keaton Mitchell runs it in for a 40 yard touchdown, making the score 30 to 3. Second down and five. Mitchell with the handoff again, and he's off to the races, and he is gone. Are they going to catch him? Willen can't. No. Touchdown, Baltimore Ravens. And that's the Seahawks defense that has just been up against it all game long. And finally, they break. And Keaton Mitchell races to the end zone from 40 yards out. And Baltimore is blowing this thing open now, 35-3. to Yeah, Mitchell had a big day uh, running the ball, as did the whole team. They rushed for close to 300 yards. Uh, and it just goes to show, like, they are one of the elite teams. They have a good offensive line. They have a good scheme for running the football. And then the, the sales defense was just not having their best day today, obviously, uh, especially in, in tackling and uh, you end up with a long touchdown run. Yeah, that one hurts. That one hurts, man. Before we move on, let's pause 10 seconds to give our Seattle stations a chance to identify themselves here on Hawk Talk. Seahawks football all season long on KIRO Seattle. KIRO FM HD2 Tacoma, Seattle. We saw a lot of guys get some playing time today, especially late in the game. Maybe they will be one of our unsung heroes. We'll let you know who it is next on your home for the Seahawks. Seattle Sports 710 and News Radio 97.3 FM. This is, is Hawk Talk Postgame, a joint presentation of Cairo News Radio 97.3 FM and Seattle Sports. Welcome back to Hawk Talk. I'm Michael Bumpus with Ray Roberts, Brian Walsh, and Paul Morris. Now time for our unsung hero who was out there doing his thing but you might not know his name or his number or maybe you do maybe he's just not getting the love he deserves either way you put it he's an unsung hero big ray who you got uh you know 
it's kind of hard to pick these sometimes because I feel like you have to have, you just said like someone we don't know his name, but but we know their names. And I'm going to go with Jackson Smith and Jigma just mm-hmm. because, you know, he may have got picked up some, you know, scrap, you know, receptions here and there, but it was important for him to, to, to catch the ball, uh, to feel like he's part of the offense. He had six, I mean, seven targets, six receptions and 63 yards, so 10 and a half yard average. Uh, so just because it's important, I think, to kind of get him on track and get him in, in the flow of the offense, uh, I'm going to go with him as my unsung hero. Gotcha. Well, you got to be. Can we can we have the same one or is this sure. the, the rule? Okay, because no, no, I think yeah. there's no question. Oh, you following rules now? Um, I guess. Mm. Well, you want me to start naming everybody? I mean, I could go Chris Stoll, perfect snapping day today. Nice. <laughs> uh, but I got to go JSN as well. It was uh, what I really liked about it. You know, he, he was six catches, seven targets. Should have been seven for seven. Didn't like that first drop. Uh, but what I did like is they finally found him down the sideline on a mm-hmm. 35-yard ball, and, and he was able to uh, he was able to make an adjustment and 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 have a great catch there. So uh, good things to come for him. He keeps he keeps getting better and better. And I was hoping this was going to be a 10-plus uh, catch day for him. And the second half, they were just going to keep feeding him, but not quite. So, but you know, he's getting confidence. You see the rook getting better and better. I you know it was kind of teasing early, and Dave Wyman will crush me for this, but I'm going to give it to Michael Dixon. Um, mainly his first three punts were inside the 20. Matter of fact, second punt was inside the four, gave us a chance. Uh, even his third punt was inside the 20. So when you punt that many times, I feel like I just got to give somebody on the special team's <laughs> point of view. I mean, we gave up 515 yards on defense. We only had 150-some yards of offense. Hard to me to give a, a guy who's playing every down uh, my – unsung hero. So I'm going to get my one-time a decade special team guy, and it's Michael Dixon. Got you. I'm going to go with a guy who only had one tackle, but he flew up there and he, and he was uh, doing his thing. Going Jarek Reed. It was just a violent tackle. Him <laughs> <laughs> down near the goal line. It was. I mean, he got some time. He's not really out there when it's uh, <laughs> when the game is close. So I'm going Jarek Reed the second as my unsung hero all right guys you guys ready to get over this or what yep all sir. Right. all right that's what we're gonna do when we return we're gonna look forward to the commanders that's next on your home for the seahawks saddle sports 710 and Kyra news radio 97.3 fm this is this hot talk post game a joint presentation of Cairo news radio 97.3 fm and seattle sports you are listening to hot talk on michael bumpus last segment of the day with ray roberts brian walters and paul moya Hawks didn't get it done. 37-3. Yes, it was nasty. Couldn't run the football. Couldn't stop the run. Nothing went right. Horrible on third downs. But you know what? They're going to watch film. They're going to break it down. And they still got a season to play. And next week, the commanders are coming into town on salute to service um, weekend. So that's going to be cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, commanders, you can't sleep on them. No. Four and five. Sneaky and little five. team. What are you seeing over there, Morgan? And, and, and an up-and-down team, too. I mean, they lose their, or they win their first two games of the year against the Cardinals and Broncos, which, okay, not, not a big deal now that we know what those teams are all about. But two of their losses were to the Eagles. One was 34-31 uh, at Philadelphia, and then uh, two weeks ago they, they lost at home 38-31. You know, and that's, you know, Philly, you know, argue, you know, top two, three team right now in the league. So, yeah, you know, they're capable. Howell's pretty mobile guy. They've got some guys to throw to, which I think the trade deadline makes it feel like, oh, they've given up, you know, because they got rid of uh, Chase Young and, and Sweat. And so 
the reason why this is a tough game is because of how we played today. Mm-hmm. And they're going to see the film, and it's a copycat league, and they're going to try and do what Baltimore did. Now, they don't have the personnel probably to do that. But the confidence is what I'm worried about. And I'm worried about our offense right now, just a lack of rhythm, and really since the week week three of the of against Carolina. So it's going to be a tough game. We're just not blowing teams out. We're not playing great offensively. Uh, and the defense has got to put this one behind them and get back to what they did the last four weeks before today. Yeah, I think that, that uh, to me, uh, that's the most important thing, is they, if they let this game linger, then they're going to – this game is tough already because it's an NFL team, uh, but it, it'll make it even tougher. You know, they'll, they'll come, out, come out with no energy and, and no rhythm and make this game uh, tougher than it has to be because I feel like it's a game that they should win, especially – uh, you know, here at home. So uh, they do have a running back in Robinson who's a big dude, hard to tackle. They did give up 11 and a half sacks on the other side when they traded away uh, uh, Sweat and Young. So it it on paper looks like it shouldn't be as tough as the, the Ravens game, but it could end up that way if they let it linger. So I expect the Seahawks to keep it all in perspective, to come out, you know, fresh new week, um, you know, get them get themselves ready to play, get themselves in the right mindset, and uh, and keep it moving. Yeah, the Commanders are coming in looking for their uh, first kind of big signature win, and I think the Seahawks would cover that for them. Um, you know, being first place in the NFC West right now, because uh, they've had they've had some bad losses. You look, you know, they lost to the Bears, they lost to the Giants. You know, those are two very bad teams. So, um, you know, they're still looking for that that big win, and the Seahawks would be it for them. But I just see, I mean, looking at this game. The Seahawks got to come into home, and, and they have to really just stomp on them. Uh, that that's what I see this where I see this going. I think the offense will will get going against them, uh, losing those two guys up front. You, you, we know that the defensive line has always been a big uh, a big cause of trouble for the Seahawks. And with those two guys, Chase Young and Montez Sweat, not there anymore, I don't know who they have that is really scary. So I, I see Geno being able to kind of sit back and pick apart this defense, and I see Kenneth Walker getting loose next week. Great. A, a big game next week for another reason, too. 49, or who we're tied with right now at 5-3 and three in the West, they got to go at Jacksonville. And Jacksonville's playing really good mm-hmm. football. Um, so I'm just looking at these potential matchups two, three weeks down the road. And, you know, we, we win at home, and then we got the Rams next. You know, if they lose to Jacksonville, they got Tampa Bay next home, probably beat them. Then it's game on. We, we've got them Thursday night. <laughs> Uh, at home, uh, and so this this game sets up to me the rest of the season next week against the the, the Washington Commanders. All right, protect the house, get her done. Today's final score: Ravens thirty-seven, Seahawks three. You've been listening to Hawk Talk on Seattle Sports seven ten and Cairo News Radio ninety-seven three FM. I'd like to thank the people who make our broadcast possible. Scoreboards by Curtis Rogers. Production assistant is Chelsea Sanders. Studio coordinators Brady Robick and Matt Strobel. Executive producer of the Seahawks Radio Network is NASA Choby. The Seahawks return home to Lumenfield next week to take on the Washington Commanders. Pre-game coverage begins at 10 a.m. on our Seattle stations. For Paul Moyer, Ray Roberts, and Brian Walters, I'm Michael Bumpus. Seahawks lose 37-3.